0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Pop quiz. What's supposed to happen when there's a shooting in public? The police are supposed to be called, of course. But that doesn't happen as much as you'd think.
2: What happens sometimes, individuals get desensitized hearing all those gunshots.
1: Detroit is currently using AI to help detect shots fired, but some aren't so sure if that's a good idea. This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. Let's imagine you live in the city of Detroit, you've had a long day, you lie down, and as you drift to sleep, you hear this. But what if a few minutes later you also heard this? Police! And what if this all happened without a 911 call? Well, the folks behind ShotSpotter Spotter technology say that's already happening.
3: We set up a series of acoustic sensors. We've deployed it in Detroit, where Detroit wanted us to deploy it in the neighborhoods that they found had historically high gun violence rates. And then, what happens? Any impulsive acoustic event occurs. The system detects. We can hear gunfire over a mile away. The sensors timestamp when they heard it, and then locate the shooting. We send the data to the cloud, a machine classifier reviews the acoustic event and dismisses most of what we hear as not being gunfire. But what might be gunfire is then sent to a human, a highly trained acoustic technician. Their highly trained ears can distinguish gunfire, but we don't rely upon that, nor do we rely upon machine classification. They then look at the acoustic signature, the waveform configuration. Most of the noises in urban environment are omnidirectional like a firework. But a gunfire is linear. It is directional. And they see which sensors are activated. We've already got a squad car on the way to a precise location with tactical intelligence, informing the police of the nature of the threat. All that information is relayed automatically
1: in under 60 seconds. That is Ron Teachman. He's ShotSpotter's Director of Public Safety Solutions. Since 2021, ShotSpotter technology has been used in six square miles of Detroit, covering the city's 8th and 9th police precincts. On Monday, it appeared that two new contracts between the city and ShotSpotter were on their way forward, one that extends ShotSpotter's deal an extra year for $1.5 million, and the other is worth $7 million to expand the coverage area from 6 miles to 28. Remember, I said it seemed like it was going to go forward, but then Mayor Mike Duggan's office asked the Detroit City Council's Public Health and Safety Committee to pull both contracts. What happened here?
4: This is Malachi Barrett. He's a reporter for Bridge Detroit. Everyone went up to the island for the policy conference, and the Detroit mayor used a lot of his time on stage to promote these innovative police practices The embrace of this technology, he kind of addressed some of the concern that people have, but largely in the way that the mayor framed it, he says he's hearing overwhelming support from the public on these things, which doesn't really match up with what reporters who have been tuning into these meetings have been seeing. It doesn't really line up with some of the emails and and responses that I get. You know, that kind of made us think, huh, that's, that's interesting because this is part of a larger conversation the community is having right now around surveillance technology and over-policing. And these are all issues that have been intertwined and really like top of mind in the city, certainly before Black Lives Matter and George Floyd and, and the whole movement over the summer. But things have been really kind of top of mind in the policing space since then. <laughs>
1: What is the larger conversation on technology and policing Malachi was referencing? Remember last Friday's episode of The Daily J? We were at the Michigan Science Center and the conversation turned to the ethics of technology. In the museum, we had a movie as an example, but this is real life.
0: Surveillance or policing that were done more directly by law enforcement are now being handed over to technology, right? But that handover of what was done by law enforcement directly to a technology, it has more consequences than we even know of now, but we do actually know of some of the significant impacts. We can learn from past approaches to increased surveillance, and we can even look at those that were sort of less technologically dependent, stop and frisk, that really eroded the trust between communities and law enforcement. It increased racial profiling, it disproportionately targeted black and brown communities. And so we can look at that, right, because that stop and frisk was an effort to introduce more policing and more surveillance into a community. And just because it didn't depend on technology doesn't mean it doesn't have the same impact.
1: That right there. Well, that's the voice of Patricia Garcia. She's the co-director of the Center for Ethics, Society and Computing at the University of Michigan, where she is also a professor. Ron from ShotSpotter, he and I talked about this, and he says their technology has the opposite effect.
3: If you're poor, of color, if your immigration status is such that you think the police don't care about you because of who you are, race, class, and status. Deliberate indifference, as the lawyers call it. The Detroit police are not responding because of who I am, who my family is, who my neighborhood consists of. These neighborhoods have historically been underserved and underprotected. We're not asking to over-police. We're working with the Detroit Police Department to constitutionally respond effectively to serve and protect. We simply gave them a tool to better serve their community and protect their community.
1: Detroit Police Commander Gary Johnson Jr. says it allows his officers to better use their resources, and he says the department saw the effects of ShotSpotter right away.
2: When I was a captain here in 2021, ShotSpotter came and was implemented. And March um, 14th, within 24 hours, we got a ShotSpotter hit. We went to the location of my precinct personnel This location here was numerous shell casings outside the location. We were able to obtain a search warrant. Inside, it was individuals that had felony records, and they were making ghost guns. It was kind of new to us. It was shocking. Of course, we placed them in custody. But what was alarming was just all the shell casings outside this residence. What happens sometimes, individuals get desensitized hearing all those gunshots, because what they were doing is test firing those ghost guns outside the residence. So we were able to get two individuals that shouldn't be in possession of handguns and really put some peace to that community. We started getting tighter on our search warrants, and it has been a tremendous, tremendous success here in the 9th Precinct.
1: Constant surveillance has come up more than once when talking about the opposition to ShotSpotter or Project Greenlight. The cameras that are strung across Detroit, always watching, visible by the green light on top.
4: The listening devices are always on. What ShotSpotter says is that they're not able to pick up softer sounds. They specifically said that there's not a potential to pick up voices, which is something people were worried about. You know, are you guys going to be recording people's conversations? ShotSpotter says that won't happen. However, there's a real question about shooting incidents and what happens with bad data and you know, what kind of access does... ShotSpotter have to police data data um, as they move forward through their investigation. But yeah, I mean, ShotSpotter is a owner of all of this data first and foremost. Now, apparently, um, there is an expiration date for the audio recordings themselves. So I don't know, you know, what kind of impact that has. But, you know, ShotSpotter, in addressing a lot of the concerns that they've gotten from people, we're pretty adamant that they are not archiving this audio that they have.
1: After what Malachi said, I turned to Ron. What about those that say this is too much, like 1984 type stuff?
3: Well, I certainly understand it. I don't agree with it, obviously. shouldn't bother anybody that we've installed technology in order to alert a public safety response to save lives because and I grew up in an era where people died in house fires and in building fires. We used to have school drills about fire protection until we had the technology to address that sufficiently. Now, it's still a threat, but it's not nearly the threat public safety, people dying in fires that it used to be when I was a child, because technology has saved lives. We're offering the same opportunity.
1: Commander Johnson told me that the education of the public on technologies like ShotSpotter is super important. And Patricia, our tech ethics expert, says she totally agrees.
0: It's coming as an educated public. It's it's calling on experts who study gun violence and gun prevention. That's what we want to hear from. What we need is data from cities who are using this so we can look at the Inspector General report. We can, as a community, be informed, put pressure on our local officials to show us the data, show us the evidence and data that comes from a variety
1: of external experts. ShotSpotter technology is already in Detroit, at least through 2023. Will it be around longer? Will it expand to other areas of the city? It still seems pretty likely despite the pause, but until then the debate over ethics and technology will continue. In fact, that's a debate that may never come to an end. Thanks to Malachi Barrett, Ron Teachman, Patricia Garcia, and Commander Gary Johnson Jr. for taking the time to chat with me today. For the latest on crime in Detroit and across southeastern Michigan, visit wwjnewsradio.com. Our theme music is written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Southfield. I'm Zach Clark and this is The Daily J.